this sober mind, intoxicated tongue, with that smooth talk, hot like the sun, hitting the interviews, yeah we doing the thing, cause I guess keep it lit straight on the scene, whether it's stories, hobbies, or just the job in life, best believe we spark it off, and do it right, so stay tuned, cause we bout to take flight, take it a new height, yeah, this that podcast, where we having a blast and getting it done, cause you are now in the mix, Thank you guys for joining me. You are listening to the Sober Mind Intoxicated Tongue Podcast. I am the host, Ricardo. On today's episode, I interview a gentleman by the name of Roman. He is from Toronto, Canada. Uh, well, he lives there. Um, he is originally from Russia. He is a relationship coach, um, among other things. Um, but before we get into the interview, um, I just want to let you guys know that uh, you can find the Sober Mind Intoxicated Tongue podcast on our new website, which I'm excited to announce. It's called the Smith Podcast, S-M-I-T podcast.com. There you can find all our episodes on uh, previous uh, previous guests. And also you can find our Patreon link. There is also links to all our social media. Uh, such as Facebook and Instagram. So yeah, so go check it out. Without uh, further ado, let's get into this interview. All right, thank you, Roman, so much for joining me today. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Ricardo. It's a pleasure to be with you and a privilege. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Um, so you are a relationship coach. Is that is that correct? Yes, yes. This is uh, I'm a life coach, and this is one of my biggest specializations. Oh, okay. Okay. So tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into the, the nitty gritty of the, of what you actually do. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Cause I'd like to, you know, I'd like to know about my guest. Yes. Um, I've been a coach for about a year. I took my training with a Tony Robbins program. Okay. And so, as I said, relationships is one of my biggest specializations and so is helping people with porn addiction with with porn addiction exactly okay exactly that's it that's interesting because i I did interview somebody that um that also had a um they used to be a porn addict as well and he just gave us you know we had a great conversation so yeah you can tell me about it that sounds interesting yeah i learned a lot from i'll tell you that much (laughs) yes so you say you've been you've been a uh, relationship coach for about a year. Um, so where are you originally from? You you are you are uh, located in Canada. I uh, see. Yeah, that's correct. I I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I'm originally from Russia. Okay. I I moved to Canada two years ago. Oh wow. So what what uh, led you to uh, to move to Canada? If I may ask, <laughs> I don't want to intrude too much either. So. Sure. I wanted to improve my quality of life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a very fair, fair statement. I mean, we're, we're all, um, I mean, I live in the U S so, you know, definitely an immigrant myself. So I, um, I didn't have a choice, I think, but my parents wanted to improve our life. So. Yeah. So I guess you can relate to it. Oh yeah. Why, oh, yeah. why did your parents choose to migrate? You said when? 
Why? Why? Um, I mean, it's just uh, it's all about the the um the having a better life for for themselves and and for their kids. I mean, um, I have two 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 older brothers and a sister, and I mean, uh, at the at the time when my when my dad decided to come over here, he already had some uh some brothers over here, so they just it's kind of like a, a chain migration, you know. So hard. Yes. So it's a little bit harder in Mexico, from what I heard. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And are, are they happy? Oh yeah. Your parents. Was yeah. that the right decision? Yeah, I think I think overall, I mean, my my dad, um, he's he, both my mom and my dad are retired now, and you know they, um, unfortunately, my dad did suffer some health issues that that kind of made made him retire a little bit earlier. Oh, actually, no, he retired. Then he had some health issues. But uh, he's he's making some great progress on his health. So um, I think overall, if that would have happened to him in, in a different country like Mexico, that has—I mean, I can only speak from what I know—but that has different quality of life. I think it would have been a little bit harder for him. So I'm pretty sure he's definitely um, happy that you know he they made the right choice. Yes, yes, definitely. And by the way, thank you for sharing his stories. Yep. And I think healthcare is a huge, at least for me, is a huge factor when, you know, I, I sat down and thought about moving. Yeah, it was a huge factor. It's so much better in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we always hear over here in the U.S., we always hear how how great the um, the Canadian health system is, and, you know, compare, especially comparative um, to other countries. But even, even in the U.S., like, we have good healthcare, but just just from my own personal experience just because I, I did go through with my with my father man they charge <laughs> they charge exorbitant amount of, of money for some basic uh basic things you know so you know luckily we we had um luckily my dad did have insurance so <laughs> it wasn't like that but um, you know i know canada's like a you guys have a uh national uh insurance right or something like that Mm, uh well frankly i don't know but i don't think so oh okay i think okay so um tell me about what you what you do as far as the, the relationship with coaches as far as like what what do you um how do you help people pretty much well one type of clients that comes to me is is people who want to build uh an intimate relationship for mm -hmm. themselves so they don't have one. They want to find find love of their life. Okay. And normally, I'm more comfortable helping men with this, but I also sometimes help women. And so usually, when when a guy comes to me, we sit down and look at what he wants. We look at different channels where he can find a woman that he wants. Then we also look at his requirements mm -hmm. and also things that he needs to change in him in order to you know, in order to get there and to find that kind of woman so we end up with a list of goals and a very specific action plan mm -hmm. that he can start taking and as we go we of course make adjustments and i i give directives after every session so all in all, my client has a very, very solid plan to stick to. Okay. That, that's how, with that clarity and with that, you know, with that clearly defined action plan, 
comes progress. Right. Now, how, how ty- typically, how long do you work with a client like that? For example, uh, a single person that wants to improve um, or find that, that soulmate or love interest or whatever? Mm, see, it, it's all pretty individual because I cannot give promises. Well, mm-hmm. let's say I have a client now who, who went from being single and brokenhearted in August last year. Mm-hmm. And now he has has a great girlfriend, just great. She's so caring. She's so loving. Uh, she invests in their relationship so much. And he, he, like, even though he found his girlfriend three three months ago, he still chooses to keep going with coaching because there's so much for him to learn. Even though he found a girlfriend, but that's that's just step one, right? Because then he has a relationship that he has to lead. He needs to be a great leader and a masculine guy in the relationship with his mm-hmm. woman. So we are in our sessions now, we focus on this. We focus on feedback. I give him feedback based on what he's telling me about his dates and just how how his relationship progresses in general. And we also study theory, theory about relationships and mm-hmm. looking into different practical tips and strategies for him to to be a better man and to stay attractive to her right now do you do you would you say that um let's just say you have a customer or client that that goes to you and and like you said has a girlfriend do you um do you find yourself kind of counseling both of them sometimes or is it just strictly the, the customer or the person that goes to you for help or advice or you know just to maintain a a um i guess a, a balanced relationship <clears throat> now it's actually usually just one person and normally this is someone who either wants to change their partner because uh-huh. so they come and say okay i want you to change my partner which never works because you know works you can't change another person and right the, the whole idea of any relationship is that you want to accept the other person as they are mm-hmm. that that <sighs> And by coming to me and saying, change, change the other person for me, it's completely defies the whole idea of the relationship. But the second, the second most common type of clients is people who, who want to save their relationship because they see that their partner has been pulling away and pushing them away. Mm-hmm. So they want, they want to know what they can do in order to save their relationship. Mm, interesting now do you um do you strictly just work on on relationship as far as like like building a relationship with a um a potential romantic person or do you also help um relationships such as like you know daughter mother you know or daughter father as well or is, is it just for the most part a uh, romantic relationships oh yeah absolutely i love to help parents deal with their kids especially because i'm a father myself and i'm i i think i can say that i'm a devoted father and i I do believe that it is uh, i think actually it's my main my main goal in life to bring up my my son and other kids that are hopefully coming (laughs) to, to bring them up as healthy and happy people that's my job number one and i'll I see my my coaching job mm-hmm. as as a sidekick. <laughs> so I, w- 
I work on the side. Okay. Yes. So to answer your question, yes, I love to help people with, with kids. That's nice. That's nice. I, I I think that that's a. I think a lot of your problem. Not, this is just me thinking out loud. <laughs> I think that a lot of people, um, unfortunately, that suffer bad relationships with their parents, um, can obviously it just. I think it can transcend to to um a romantic relationship. So or bad romantic relationship. If that makes any sense. So if you have a you bad, so yeah. So if you if you have a bad relationship with your father, or your mother, you can um kind of have this this little thing, you know. It can, like, say, it can transfer over to a bad romantic relationship with your your spouse. Exactly. Of course, you're right. So what we do is we internalize our parents' relationship and we're guided by it in our in our intimate relationships henceforth. It's like, well, let me give you an example. A woman who was raised by a single mom is very, very likely to actually get a divorce pretty mm-hmm. soon. Wow. Because she she has always seen this model of a family, like a family where uh, of two people, her mother and herself. Mm-hmm. So this is a model of the family that she has in her head, and that's she sort of inadvertently, you know, ghosted. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. I mean. Um, oh, well, I think it makes sense. I don't. I don't know. It's it's sad, but crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, definitely. Um, what about like um, what about um, sons who or I would say kids, uh, young men who who are raised brother by their mothers or uh, mostly just a woman, um, or vice versa, uh, guys who are raised by just just their fathers. Yeah, there is there is a huge trend with with these guys, and basically these are millennials mm-hmm. right now, and yeah, they also have their problems. One problem is an entitlement. They, her, their mother was so so caring and so so like a helicopter parent that they got used to it, and they let's say they're thirty, they're still living with her, and they either don't work or do just a menial job mm-hmm. and they feel that everyone owes them right. and they don't, they're not ambitious enough because they never developed that ambition through things like competition or having a masculine father. So yeah, they, they are quite challenged. So you, so you actually are saying that um, millennials um, do have that, um, you know, cause I have always heard that reputation about that reputation. Um, and I didn't know I was a millennial for a long time until uh, I, I joke around. I like I was actually at work and I was listening, going through a playlist that said a millennial playlist, and I was like, I wonder what these people listen to. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I, I put it on. I was like, Wait a sec, that's exactly what I used to listen to, you know. And then that's yes. that's when I found out that I was a millennial. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So how is it working for you? How do you feel? I know you have you have a full family, and it, from what you told me, it's it's pretty functional. So you should be pretty good. Yeah, I think um, as far as like the you know like see, our parents were a little bit different, or my parents were a little bit different. Where 
especially you know <clears throat> excuse me it goes back to the the being an immigrant type of person or mentality right <clears throat> where nobody owes you anything and unfortunately uh especially here in the u.s you were you were kind of like a second class you know second class citizen and in, in social aspect of it right so you gotta outwork <clears throat> you gotta outwork your your um other people like your some sometimes you gotta outwork even your your own family just because you you're we're taught to outwork up other people, you know what I mean? Yes. So <clears throat> there's there was no definitely no entitlement. For me it was a little bit different too because um I was the youngest of, of uh the family, so I was I did have a little bit of entitlement just because I was <laughs> I was the youngest one. But I think overall, I mean it worked out pretty well for me because, you know, growing up like our so our summers, um my summers Instead of being out there, you know, having fun, you know, just no school and, you know, waking up super late and having fun. Our My summer was out there picking blueberries and that, that's pretty much it. I would wake up in the morning, go with my dad and, um, and my brothers. We would go out there and pick blueberries and it wasn't fun. But I think luckily it, it definitely um helped my uh, my work, my work uh, ethic. You know, it just... I'm not the fastest at my work, but I'm definitely always there. So, wow, yeah, and I totally respect you for that work ethic. And I know it was—I think it was pretty hard to go pick pick up blueberries when all other kids were playing during summer, right? Oh yeah, yep, yep. When when <clears throat> when I would hear that, um, you know, little Johnny was gonna go to Disney World, uh for a week and then I was over there <laughs> picking blueberries in the hot sun I think it was very and you know at the time I felt it was really unfair but you know luckily now you know thinking back I, I really you know especially now that my dad's a little bit you know with the health issues thinking back I really enjoyed it you know what I mean so I'm yes. really thankful for that for that beautiful beautiful that's that's definitely something to be grateful for because what your father did is that he exactly exactly taught you the right work ethic and this is one of the best gifts that a parent can give to a child yeah yeah unfortunately with um like you said so i, I have <laughs> i've have heard of millennials that are still living at home I mean, there's nothing wrong with living at home by the way but if you have a very you know uh, a job that's not you know very stable or you you keep you know i i've actually seen some of uh like um some people that I know, I mean, they've had so many jobs within like the last, you know, the last year they've had like two or three jobs. And I'm like, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had a new job in about seven years, eight years. I think I'm going to be at the same company for about eight years now. So, mm. wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like I love it, but you know, it's a very, it's a very stable job. And, and I, I, luckily I've, I have a position that, that does well for me uh, financially. So, Hey, why not? And they like me, so. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That, that, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I actually respect you a lot for, you know, for wor working at this company for, for such a long time. That is. That is really inspiring. Yeah, even um, even my dad, like he's when I used to apply for different jobs, like within the company, he would look at me a little bit differently. Why would you want to switch jobs if you know what you're doing already? And and um you know be put in a different um in a, in a different role that you don't know i'm just like well i mean it was just, to me was kind of weird for him to say but i think it was just kind of the the immigrant coming out that didn't know that there was a you know 
levels of, of hierarchy and different jobs that pay better and you know but I think he yes. I think he eventually got understood so um, what made you go into um, the relate becoming a relationship coach oh so I went through a divorce seven years ago and it was quite painful so I felt this pain and I felt that I could relate to people with similar experiences and just with relationship problems. And then another thing that I realized is that I, I did not have a clue about how to actually be present in a relationship. I did not have the relationship skills. So I, I realized that to create another new family for myself, I need to actually learn a lot. So I read, I read all the materials. I read all the books about relationships. I listened to podcasts and whatnot. And then I went out there. I put myself out there and practiced. I practiced all the skills. And that's how I ended up with, I think, what I see as a pretty good tool belt. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I could actually share this knowledge with potential clients. And when I moved to Canada, I realized that, okay, now I've been a fan of self-improvement and I've learned all the skills, relationship skills, and I'm rela relatable. So all those things, they came together and that's how I became a coach. Mm, okay. So unfortunately I had to go through that, those hard times to, um, <laughs> you know, get something good out of it. Do you, do you, I want to say the regret, but do you think it, you know, it happened for for a reason, is it, or you know, do you still would hope that um, you wouldn't have gotten that divorce? Mm, I think it did happen for a reason. Of course, I regret it. I regret it because I actually lost uh, a very good family, a very good marriage, just because I was I was so arrogant and I was I was complacent. Mm -hmm. But after all, looking back, I think that. I'm so much better now as a result of that experience. And I think that it happened, this divorce happened not to me, but for me. So I am, I would say I'm grateful. There is some regret, definitely. But overall, I'm grateful because I had to, I had to learn this. I had to learn the relationship skills the hard way. Right. Now, I I asked you um kind of saw some things um I think on your YouTube um or your your website um if you want to go ahead and plug your website before I forget. <laughs> yes, my website is romanmiranov.com spelled as r o m a n m i r o n o v dot com. Okay. Yeah. And there you have all all links to my social media and uh, the ability okay. to contact me and sit down with me. In a session, right now, be um, at, I'll, and I'll remind you at the, at the end of the um, at the, the interview, um, to plug it in again. But I was gonna say is that on your website, I did not um, see that you talk a little bit about um, how breakups or uh, divorces are as traumatic as kind of like a death in the family. Um, can you go a little bit into that? Yeah, absolutely. Studies show that they, these experiences are so, so traumatic and they're actually heartbreaking. 
So what happens, what goes on in the heart, the processes, the, the biological processes, they are, they are pretty much the same as when someone experiences a, a tragedy like the loss of a loved one. So this is, this is science. That, that's why it's so difficult. That's why you want to, to be very intentional when you go through a breakup. If mm -hmm. you just act unconsciously and let yourself slip into depression, it's going to be very, very difficult to get out of that depression. And it's really so much easier to, to find a, a counselor or a coach or a, just any other specialist, like a therapist who will not let you go into that depression. So avoiding it is really, really easier mm -hmm. compared to getting out of it, let's say six months down the road. Right, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I did see that that um, you know, you started going into into the how the, the kind of like the heart um physically how it reacts to the breakup. Um um do you think that <clears throat> I know like I think in the US like I think I, I could be wrong as far as the statistic, but I think about 40 something to almost 50 something percent of people who are get who are married <laughs> get a divorce. Um do you think nowadays it's it's a lot um it's a lot more since it's a lot more common and people give up a lot easier do you think of course of course you're absolutely right the statistics is right and the reason is again this entitlement mentality people expect a lot from their partner instead of going into the relationship to give to love unconditionally they say, what can I get out of the relationship? Not what can what I can get. And as a result, they also came to expect that a partner will be will give them absolutely everything. It's like a jack of all trades. Mm. They they provide for them, they have great looks, they provide financial security, they provide a lot of novelty and you know fun. And this is, yeah, this set of expectations is pretty hard to meet for the part. Wow, yeah. So, so what, what, um, what can be missing what, um, in a relationship and still be functional? I mean, can it be, um, obviously the, the looks, can it be the finan financially, or what, what can be missing, or is that just a, a, a variable depending on the, the actual person? You're right. Of course, it depends on, on the individual. Because some individuals, they they will tolerate, you know, one thing that someone else considers a flaw. So that's okay. The idea is, is really to, if you want to have a successful relationship, long one and very fulfilling one, you need to trade your expectations for appreciations and really start appreciating your partner for who they are seeing the beauty in them mm -hmm. both the inner beauty and the outer beauty and loving them unconditionally which means that instead of expecting them to change or expecting expecting them to do something for you you simply love them you give them love and you're happy because you see that they light up when you give them love mm -hmm. and also by doing that you avoid triggering the fear of rejection in them. Because every time you say that something is wrong with them, or you want them to change, or you don't like something about them, 
this triggers that fear of rejection, which is very, very deep, and it comes from our childhood. And basically, you're saying to your partner that they're not enough, they're not complete, they need to do something else to be loved by you. And mm-hmm. this is this is one of the biggest fears for for any person. So how do you how do you go around that though? Like, uh, let's just say, I mean, I mean, in my personal my perspective would be that um, if if intellectually and and your personality is very lovable and and even if um, physically you're there, let's just say that down the road you're you know something goes wrong. I mean, let's just say physically. Um, how do you go around that? Uh, do you mean that the partner changes? Yeah, yeah. Let's just say the let's just say down the road. Um, let's just say we've we've been married for about five years, and your personality takes a a left turn because of something. You know, whether it was something that a variable that was out of their control. Yes. How do you, how do you get past that point? You know, like do you do you just have to accept it as a person and just keep on loving them the way they are, or can you? Can you verbally communicate and say, you know what, there's something, your personality, um, you used, you used to not be like this, now you are? Mm, okay, two things. The first one, basically you need to accept your partner as they are. And it, it is difficult, but the very, the very fact that people change physically, let's say in five years or ten years, this is your, your bullet to bite. Because you, we all are on our path of spiritual development. We all go from being very, very selfish as kids mm-hmm. to being selfless as mature people. And these kinds of things that actually disappoint you, you need them to sort of discover. You need this to mature. You need this to become more loving. You need this to become more enlightened. Mm-hmm. That, that's one thing. And the second thing, it's okay to tell your partner about things that you don't like. It's totally okay. Let's say that this is called setting healthy boundaries. But just you have to be very, very careful about this. First of all, if say this to your partner, if this is something that they can change, let's say they started to become angrier with every month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course you want to tell them about this. But do this in a loving way. Don't don't say this out of the blue. You know, have at least have a conversation that will open up your partner and create a loving environment where they can, you know, just share and be open and be vulnerable so that they are really prepared to talk about this kind of things. Don't go at them with this out of the blue yeah so, th- so i'm guessing don't don't attack them <laughs> you know i don't know where right 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 don't attack them and yeah there you go interesting now with uh i know with um building a relationship on um and social media i want to talk a little bit about social media a little bit um i know that social media can cause a lot of problems in relationships can you talk about how uh, one can overcome um, problems that arise from social media, like Facebook, and you know how you know Facebook or or, or Instagram, um, somebody might or you might comment on somebody's. Let's just say uh, me, I comment on a 
a woman's um, picture, how, you know, you look really nice or whatever. Now, it could be a legit, like, you look nice or you're whatever. Or maybe even a like. <laughs> and my girlfriend would, I don't have a girlfriend, but let's just say if I had a girlfriend, they would get mad just because I did that. Yes, yes, you're right. You, you need to realize that there is an inherent peril in all social media. And this is, they're both a blessing and a curse. A blessing because we can connect to a partner more easily with social media. But at the same time, we have so much choice there, which makes it very, you know, tempting. Mm -hmm. And also very, very difficult because you're always not sure whether you picked up the best partner because now you have so many options. So <laughs> realizing that there is so much options with social media and so many temptations, you have to, to be very careful around it. Mm -hmm. You have to be conscious. You have to be, have, you, you need to have this awareness that it is really, really risky territory. So for people who have a partner, I definitely recommend limiting the time spent on social media. That's one thing. And the second thing is really being, being careful about looking at, at various profiles and liking them mm -hmm. and so on. I, I think, I think this is key. So a couple, a couple should establish rules that both of them oh. will commit to follow. That's actually a great idea. I mean, you know, you can't, um, uh, you can't get mad at me because we already talked about this type of yes. thing. Now, can uh, can social media build a um a relationship? I mean, like, can it um make the relationship better? You know, they they might, but let me give you a tip that actually helps. What it can do is you create a separate communication channel for for your relationship. That means, let's say you're married, you have kids, and normally you talk, like you talk on WhatsApp mm -hmm. about stuff like your kids or household chores. So normally you use this channel. But then create a separate channel, completely separate. Maybe it's a social media accounts or just an email account that you're going to use just for conversations about your intimate relationship and this will create newness you will look forward to getting messages through that channel so this is this is going to be fun mm, interesting yeah I don't, we don't have whatsapp or, or we do have whatsapp but it's, i don't think too many people here use it i know i know in mexico they do they use it but here they don't i don't think they use it too much but that's a great okay. idea though Yes, you get the idea. Yeah, I get the it's idea. It's not about WhatsApp. <laughs> Just a, a separate communication mm -hmm. outlet. Nice. Well, um, do you have anything else that you, do you want to talk about? I think um, you know our, our time is uh, about to expire, but do you have anything else you want to add to your... Um... Yeah, I would like to close with this idea that I lost my relationships because I did. Uh, I was arrogant and did not did not really have the relationship skills. I thought that I knew it all. And I would suggest that everyone treat their their partner like their client. So with a, with a client, you you want to build that relationship. You invest time into building a relationship with a client. 
you actually learn, let's mm -hmm. say you're a salesperson and you learn sales strategies to sell to that client very well, you, you should do the same thing with your relationship. It requires work. So keep working on it. Learn, apply, see what works and do more of it. For example, learn to really, really appreciate your partner, make them feel important, praise them, ask for their opinion. This goes a long way in a relationship. That's great advice. I think that uh, <clears throat> I think that's uh, awesome advice. I mean, I think just appreciating or, or uh, letting your your spouse feel appreciated. I think that's that. I think that would go a long way. You know, so I think that's great advice. So, where can we find you? I know we already um, talked about your website, but go ahead and just uh, tell the, the listeners where you can, they can find you at. Yeah. So again, it's my website is Roman mironov.com spelled as r-o-m-a-n-m-i-r-o-n-o-v.com just just go there either go to my just read about me go to my social media or hit the contact app and get in, in contact with me so that we can see how i can help awesome 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 well, Roman, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of a uh, busy Saturday for you and for me, myself, um, um, uh, for coming on. Well, Ricardo, it's, again, it's been an honor for me to join you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for this, this insightful question. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can have you on with a little bit more time and, uh, you know, we can get a little bit deeper into some of these relationship um you know strategies that you might use it if you if you're able to <laughs> i know um i'm pretty sure there's a lot of strategies that we can use as, as people for for our spouses or girlfriends or whatever yes i'd love to go into more details all right sounds good thank you roman thank you ricardo bye 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 bye